What up, what up, what up? Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Hey, I just want to let you know, I know everybody can't always support and donate uh, to the podcast, but hey, if you can do a one-time donation, I put up a buy me a coffee uh, link in this description of the podcast. So if you go to the description of the podcast, it'll be at the bottom, and you can just uh, go to that link and you buy me a cup of coffee, or two if you want. And uh, that would just help support the show, and uh, I can... I can wake up a little bit more and bring you more info so thanks for listening to the podcast if you can donate that would be much appreciated and let's get on to the show this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage no matter what stage you're in shopify's there to help you grow Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back. Happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing excellent and taking care of yourselves. So today I want to talk to you about the insectoids that are assisting in surgeries in these secret bases that humans have on Earth, the military has on Earth. So many whistleblowers actually, not just not just Emory Smith, but uh, Pete Peterson and uh, a few others that we talk about on this podcast as well as on Gaia have come out and stated that we have assistance in the medical rooms, in the operating rooms, to assist us in our surgery and our understanding of biology with different species, as well as to find out how this species may have passed, if they did pass, and how they can actually go into the minds of these creatures that they're doing operations on to see how they're holding up. And if they died or came in dead, are able to actually go into their minds post-mortem and find out what happened to them. Really fascinating stuff. Let's get into it. Okay, so on this podcast, I'm going to talk about um, Emory Smith and how he did uh, surgery with specifically... There was a few that he talked about, but specifically the insectoids. There's two different insectoids we're going to talk about. One is the ant-looking people, uh, which look like big ants, basically. And the other is going to be the mantis-type, praying mantis-type insectoids, which we hear a lot about in abduction cases. And a lot of times it's not good. A lot of times it's actually bad. So we're going to get into that in just a second as well. So we're going to we're going to talk about conflicting stories here and see what we can come up with. So Emery talks about how the the ant people that look like big ants, they have multiple legs, not like the praying mantis where they got the front praying mantis arms. Uh, these look like ants and they have very thin but very strong bodies. Um, so like our ants on earth, they can carry multitudes of their own body weight. Uh, around if needed they can carry dead ants around with them they can carry huge pieces of food around on top of them they're insanely strong and that's exactly what he talked about with these ant people Uh, he said they were actually uh, very very uh, 
caring. They were able to speak easily with us telepathically, um, that they were uh, easy to get along with in the operation room. Uh, he said that their their bodies are basically 75% thinner than ours, but their femurs are incredibly more durable than ours. Um, he states they have a, a robust body. Could have been segmented, could not be segmented. They did have um, those, uh, they did have mouth, uh, a double mouth or pinchers on their face that look like they're going to like, you know, be in a horror movie or something like that. He said they used special voice box analyzers that came on their neck or went in their ears, uh, and sometimes in their mouth, that translated into the human language, whether it was English or Russian in their case. Uh, and they were able to speak multiple languages through these devices. Uh, it did not sound like our voices. It sounded a little bit more high-pitched. Um, and there were some screeching sometimes that could be upsetting. However, he stated that this was just, you know, part of their engagement. You know, when it comes to extraterrestrials, we might interpret what they do as being a little bit scary. What they interpret how we look as might might maybe scary as well, right? Um, what they their mannerisms might be perceived as scary if they open their mouth. We're like, oh my god, are they going to eat me? When in all reality, they're just probably just trying to breathe or communicate. Um, <clears throat> they go on to talk about. Uh, the mantis beans for a minute and how the mantis beans also had these mandibles that would open up uh, Wilcock talks about one, another whistleblower who worked in Antarctica with the mantis being when his mouth opened up it terrified his other whistleblower and it's just one of those things you just gotta get used to um, it's interesting though because he, they talk about how for normal vocal vibration different beings use different things and if they're if they're you know telepathic it would work differently for a mantis uh they stated that there was an orifice on their back that could actually they would actually belch out of or release gas out of and they actually figured out how to turn this into a speech of some kind that we could actually communicate with which is kind of interesting um and he states that pete peterson uh, stated <laughs> that this is kind of gross and the, the being the mantis being said well imagine how you look to me you have a mouth on your face that's really disturbing to me my mouth is on my back um, and so you know they kind of talk a little bit about how it's interesting how humans you know have to put themselves into the other people's shoe and that's pretty difficult for us to do we can barely do that with different um, you know, cultures on this planet, much less, you know, an entire different species. But they go back to the insectoids and they talk about how they're really a loving, caring species, at least in regards to this uh, environment where they're assisting humans and doing uh, surgeries. And I'm just going to pause for a second here. I believe, you know, just going to take a little time out here. My thought process is, is that these beings may have good beings that help us out and bad beings back on their planet too or maybe bad beings that are doing uh, <clears throat> alien abductions right so we've heard about negative alien uh, ant beings we've heard about negative mantid beings or praying mantis beings who stick humongous devices into into humans um and then when they're doing it they put you know the human is freaking out the praying mantis will put their hand over our our head or their head 
and say, we will not hurt you. You will be fine. And they basically have this telepathic control over us. Now, wouldn't it be interesting if while they're in this surgery room, they send their most compassionate, caring individuals, right? This species is going to send their most, you know, happy-go-lucky surgical buddies to us and not some pain-in-the-ass military members who are abducting us. That's kind of my thought process. Um, you can think what you can believe what you want because there's no confirmation of either way, but that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Because these guys also, even Emery states that these guys can mind control us at any point. So couldn't they be mind controlling them while they're in the surgery room? Say, hey, we're good, we're we're compassionate, we're kind of caring, and never show them their you know true colors. So we're gonna move on, and Wilcock talks about how there's you know it's hard to decipher empathy when we're looking at their face because we can't when we're humans we typically look for human facial facial movements facial recognition like uh raising in the eyebrows being surprised smiling that kind of thing it's hard to tell but emory states that you know basically it's it's off of telepathy you know and telekinetic properties properties and aura and you know mm. that kind of thing so you so it comes off uh, that way the energy is 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 put out that way and Emory states that because they're in high vibrations, they actually put you in a good mood. They actually give you, you know, happiness when you're around them, which is kind of that part of that mind control, I believe they're using. Um, but, you know, he states that, you know, they, they communicate easily. Um, and he stated that, you know, they actually have a decent sense of humor from time to time as well. They can kind of, you know, crack jokes they can they can be uh, humorous. They can have certain muscles that move up and down. Um, he states, well, at least their their eyeballs their 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 eyes can open up and down. They don't have the flaring of the nostrils like we do. They're kind of like hard plastic, you know. At least these ant beings. So it's a different feeling. He states that it's different aspects of communication. Kind of like walking into a room with a negative person would give off those negative feelings. That's kind of the same environment with these ant beings. Uh, so he's. So they go back to talking about doing an autopsy with this ant person. Um, oh boy, my computer's going to restart here. I better stop. But they talk about how um, there was a, a hundreds of ants that were coming in, ant-type people that were coming in. And they stated that they were, um, they were killed somehow with some sort of chemical. And that uh, they were trying to figure out what happened and they were trying to heal these individuals, treat them while they were in, uh, their, in, in their surgery room. Something happened in the Colorado, New Mexico area, and they were bringing in multiple beings. And it, they stated that they died of asphyxiation. Their lungs were basically burned out. They had all these mucous membranes and eyeballs that were just burned out. And they are trying to figure out why uh, the ant scientists... Uh, stated that they were actually uh, assisting and trying to figure out what happened to these folks through mind control or through mind engagement. So what they did was they could actually, um, you know, try to sense what was happening, but they couldn't pick up everything. They couldn't pick up exactly what happened. So this is kind of one of the points where they, um, they, they gave off their empathy. They gave off this sense of sorrow um, for their their fellow ant people. And Emery could feel it. He stated that 
when you work with these people for so long, you get these these waves of feelings that come over. So in a brand new story, separate from the ant story, we have a mantis type being, the praying mantis type being, that came into an autopsy room while they were working on, on a very special being. They had five scientists there working on a human, they stated, but it was an extraterrestrial human, not from the Earth. It was born somewhere else, and they were a lot larger than us, at least a foot or two taller, to say, at least, say the least, about seven and a half feet, the size of a very large NBA player. It was very white, albino-looking, blue-eyed, and while they were operating on them, they brought in a mantis-type being because the mantis was able to reactivate the brain somehow through electric stimulation. And even though this being was wearing a suit, the past one, he, the mantis was able to do a memory recall, memory recall on this individual to find out what happened and why they died. And sometimes that's why they bring them in. He states that they're usually pretty docile and pretty gentle. Um, but when there's a serious autopsy that needs to be assisted, they bring them in and, and they're able to do this. Now, when they're in dead thought, when they're, when they're in deep thought, I should say, deep thought about something, whatever it is, he states that they have this light that comes over their face like a rainbow. And it's going back and forth and it's undulating and it looks like a rave. And he says you can get mesmerized and hypnotized by it, actually. Their faces are dead on of what we would think a, a praying mantis would look like. It's all the same color, the eyes and the face. Um, and, he, and he states, you know, it's kind of strange to look at. Initially, it's a pale green, but they can change color at will. And so that's kind of interesting, too. It's kind of like the um, chameleon kind of aspect to it. Um, but, yeah, he talks about how this light goes back and forth through their face. You can get mesmerized by it. He states that he, he loved when they do that because he'd get so uh, captivated by it. He would just sit there and watch them do it. And they didn't seem to mind. He, he could just do it, no problem. But this is really interesting because when we think about something really hard, we kind of look out into space while they're thinking about something. It's almost like they're going through data banks of, you know, of something, you know, databases of something in their mind. They don't have articulation like we do in our joints, he said. It's usually one way or the other, but it's very precise. And I've heard this from different um, whistleblowers as well. And the mantis-like beings, you know, they're very kind of like rigid when they move around. Um, they have five fingers, um, and they have four toes, I think he states. Um, which is interesting, because when I think of praying mantis, I just think they have like kind of like those like claws. But, you know, to manipulate things, you really have to have fingers. Um, he states that he didn't see any muscles because of the exoskeleton. So they have the exoskeleton on the outside, just like the ant people did. Um, he stated that, uh, though they have a two-toed type appendage, he states, uh, at the bottom of their legs. So, and they have a very wide stance. And those toes are very long. Now, we've heard of different footprints out in the wild these like two-toed really long strange um you know alien-like footprints i wonder if they might just be those those uh those mantids he said sometimes their toes can be 12 to 10 to 12 inches long but they only have two um and you'll see a little back toe sticking out as well and it's interesting because the toes kind of shoot out to the side like a v um and he said there's a back claw. So it's kind of like a Y. 
So that's interesting too. You need balance. You have to have balance for being such a large being. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what some of the creatures are um, that are inside of the surgery room. Now, one more that's really interesting that they talk about is there's a reptilian style alien that does assist in these uh, surgery rooms. And what he stated was they're, they're called like aquafarians. So they're not like reptilians like we think. We think this is kind of like a Howard the Duck kind of aqua type creature with double the size eyes that humans have. They're very big. They're very strong looking. He stated they look like Sleestack from the Land of the Lost, the old version. They stand very erect. They have the same types of toes and hands. And uh, as you would see in the insectoids, which is kind of interesting, they had a three-toed, three-pronged hand. <coughs> They're very ambidextrous. Um, and they have a lot of humor. They're very funny, which is good because if you're a water being, you want to be kind of funny. You want to have fun, and you'd think they'd be peaceful and fun-loving. Um, but he stated they didn't have any snout. It was very similar to what you would see in like an amphibian, like two dots on their face, you know. But huge, huge eyes, huge eyes. Kind of interesting. Um, and he stated they were very intelligent. Um, they were, they might be a hybrid human reptilian that were designed somewhere. That was his thought process. Um, he stated he read a little bit later on in the Space Center that they were from the Boots region of the Arcturus uh, star system. And so being that they had a, a type of planet there that was made like you would see in the movies, like the Death Star, where they'd raise families and educate um, their beings at a very young age, which we should all do. They had very large families, and the male and female might have a minimum of 30 children. Really interesting. So you got to educate them at a young age. <laughs> their gestation rates were a lot faster than ours, not nine months, but more like three months. So, of course, they could have a lot of people... Um, he stated that their genitalia was retractable, so you couldn't tell if they were male or female. Um, David states that he's had multiple whistleblowers state the same thing, that they've seen these exact same creatures. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the Sleestack. So, you know, it's kind of like the, the tall reptilian thing that you saw back in the Land of the Lost, real kind of goofy-looking thing, but with kind of more open eyes. So they didn't look, like, intimidating. They didn't have, like muscles in their face to smile or move so they kind of had like the you know they gave forth their happy energy um through their through their emotions through their um telepathy which is interesting they didn't run around they moved slowly um they were they were super helpful in the surgical room uh they did have clothing on it was a spandex fabric that only went down to about their elbows and down to their knees so they had some breathability. Um, they stated that it they had to wear these uh, body suits because they gave off this pungent odor, and if you uh, if you smelled it, it was pretty pretty tough. And, and when they got happy, they would release more. If they got stressed out, they would release more. And uh, other whistleblowers also stated that there was an awful smell that these particular beings had 
Well, they're sea creatures. The sea creatures do give off a, a much different smell because they're from a totally different environment, from water that has a bunch of bacteria in it that we're not used to. This, this stench, though, is their pheromones. It's, it's pheromones to attract their mates. If they're happy, then it goes out. Um, he states that they smell with their tongue. They have a very interesting forked tongue that would come out. Um, he stated they could smell molecules in, uh, in the air that other people could not. Um, he stated that, uh, yep, they're, they're definitely benevolent extraterrestrial beings. Um, and they're, tr they're linked to humanitarian, um, missions that they're trying to help humanity. Maybe that, maybe they're from earth. Maybe they're underneath the, you know, in bases underneath the ground. Uh, no, but no, that's not right. Cause he said they were from the boot system, but maybe they want to help us because they want to help our, our sea life, right? If they help us not kill the earth, they can help the sea life stay alive. So these are three of the different, uh, extraterrestrial species that are helping us in uh, our surgical rooms, um, not only with Emory, but with other individuals who have also verified these stories. Um, are they always benevolent and just, you know, space brothers? Maybe they're here to do certain things. Maybe they're here to prevent certain, certain things for their own race. Maybe, they, you know, each race has to have its own agenda. You know, like, even though Emery states that he feels like they don't have uh, a an agenda necessarily. They're just helpful. Every species needs to survive. If they need us to spiritually ascend, then they're going to come here and help us because they don't want us to blow up the galaxy. Maybe that's their reason. But every species has to have a reason for doing what they do. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was definitely interesting to look at. And, you know, even if they're species we've talked about before, it's interesting to see how they operate inside of a surgical room, uh, how they assist us, and, and what techniques they have to uh, to be helpful in, in this medical arena and teach us things. And hopefully we're helping them too. Anyway, guys, I hope you're having a fantastic night. Taking care of yourselves spiritually, physically, emotionally, wrap that white light around you, stay positive, stay strong. Uh, life can be challenging, stay strong and, and keep, a, keep your chin up and help others as well. The more you help others, the more uh, we can help each other and, and, and move forward and progress. Uh, and as always, continue to question the universe around you. Uh, until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe out.